this is one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. It's so practical and so helpful for us all. Um, and so we're going to pray. We're just going to start by praying and asking God to use these words uh, to change us and our hearts. And so, Lord, we thank you for the power of your words. That through your words, you change and transform us. And so, God, we pray that you would come and do a work in each of us today as we try to understand what, what you're saying through these words today. Give us fresh revelations and a changed heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, this morning, we're going through the, the third chapter of James, as has just been read to us. Um, and uh, we're just going to take it bit by bit. We're just going to look through um, and walk through this passage. It's very practical. It's very kind of easy to understand. Um, James is an excellent author. He's very good with his words um, to the point where he, the illustrations he uses, and I love this about James, the illustrations he uses are quite, are quite timeless. We don't have any um, yoking ourselves to oxen today um, or putting lamps under a bushel. We have things that we can really relate to, really understand in James's words here. And so that's what we're going to do. I would really encourage you, as you're sat at home, uh, just to find a Bible. Go and grab a Bible, open it up on your, up on your phone, um, whatever it is, just find a Bible so that we can walk through this passage together today. And for those of you who are uh, visual learners as well, I've got some emojis that are going to come up on the screen, um, and they're just going to help you walk through, see where we've been and where we're going as well. Um, so we're going to jump in straight into the first few verses of James chapter 3. And James starts by telling us that the words that we use are powerful. The words that we use are powerful. And he uses two illustrations to help us to, to see that. Um, the first illustration is that of a horse bit. Um, and so I've got one here for you to see. Uh, this is a bit from a horse. Um, I don't know much about horses and I don't spend a lot of time with horses. But I do know they're quite powerful animals. They're, they're quite intimidating. Whenever you spend some time with them and you don't know what you're doing, they're quite intimidating horse, uh, animals. But what happens is this goes into the mouth of a horse and can basically, uh, it helps the rider to direct it to go anywhere it wants. And that just, that amazes me that something so small can direct something so powerful. Uh, and James says that's like our words. Our words, although they're small, our tongue, although it's so small in our body, has that much power, like a horse's bit, to direct and change the course of things. Um, even though it's so small, it can do that. And then James goes on uh, to talk about a, a ship and its rudder. And, and exactly, it's exactly the same idea, that although you can get these huge ships, the bit that directs where it goes is this small rudder at the back. And I don't have a rudder with me, um, but... You, you get the picture. It's this idea that something so small uh, can have so much influence and power on the things around it, on, on changing the course of something. And we've, and we've seen this in history and also um, throughout all of like, our own lives and also recent history, um, how words can stir up wars or violence or riots, um, but they can also start revol revolutions. And, and bring about huge change for good. Words are powerful. Sometimes, um, I love this about words, sometimes, um, and I'm sure you would have experienced this, uh, you're going through a really hard time, you're going through something that's really tough, 
um, things are hard and the situation and the circumstances you find yourself in are difficult. And, and when that's the case, we often go and find someone to talk to, a friend, a neighbour or um, a mentor or someone to talk to. And what happens as we talk it through with them is we start to change our outlook on these things, don't we? It's almost like everything's changed. It can feel so much better, so much easier. And yet, the reality is, nothing in that circumstance has changed. The power of the words has changed your outlook. It's, it's given it a whole different feel. Nothing has changed, and yet it feels like everything has changed because someone has spoken these words to us. And, and this should come as no surprise to us because when God created this world, what he did is he used words. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God spoke, and something came from nothing. God then created us in his own image, that we would have words just like he has words, and that those words would also carry power. And I just, I just want to put kind of two caveats with this. Um, the first one is, uh, James talks about the tongue, and, and that's great, and that's really important. And the words that we say are really important. But at the same time, in the digital world that we live in, our, our fingers, because of these, are so important as well. The things that we, that we type and we tweet and we snap and we you know, message to each other, these are things that are powerful as well. James is referring to these things as well. So it's, it's not just our tongues, it's our fingertips as well. It's our thumbs as we, as we type. And, and the same is true. Um, and, and the second thing uh, that I want to say is that you might feel like today that your words are not powerful. That when you speak, people don't listen that you have uh, no voice in certain circumstances. And I want to say that that is sad, and that's not the way that it should be. Um, but a friend, I was speaking to a friend about this this week, and she said that she felt like that. And, and when she learned to speak and to speak out, um, she, she realized that she became bolder, but it also encouraged others around her to become bolder. And so I want to encourage you, you are made in God's image with words of power within you because God speaks words and they bring forth things and then he created us in his own image. And so your words are powerful, even if it doesn't feel like it right now. We're gonna continue to move on through James. Um, so the next thing that James talks about in his, as, he, as he works through words and the tongue um, is how our words are destructive. So far, everything that we've, that we, the illustrations we've looked at have been very neutral. You can take a horse in a different direction. Uh, you can take a ship in a different direction. But now James uh, talks about uh, things being destructive, about how our words can cause destruction. And the first illustration that James uses is one of fire. And he talks about how, um, consider what, in verses 5 and 6, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. All it takes is a tiny spark and a whole forest can be set alight. And we've seen that across our world in the last few years. Again, it's small, it's tiny, and yet it has immense power, but that power can be so destructive. And just like fire, just like this small spark, we can't take our words back. We've all been in those situations where, where we feel like we just wish we hadn't said something. 
but we know that we can't, we can't take that back. We can't, we can't take those words back and, and not have said them. And, and the same with fire. You, know, you can't unfire a forest by getting rid of the spark. You have to, our words, once they're out there, the destruction that they cause is real. And it's happened. And once our words are out of our mouth, even if we haven't thought them through, we can't take them back unless, of course, you're still on mute and then you've got away with one. <laughs> James then uh, continues with um, the fire analogy and he really doesn't hold back. He says, the tongue is a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of their life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. James is not holding back. We'll come back to this illustration of fire later. Um, but what James then moves on to is another illustration about um, how destructive our words can be. And he talks about poison. And I love this illustration. I've got some poison here, um, some homemade poison. And, you know, if I drink this, it's not going to leave a mark on the outside. It's not going to leave a mark on, the outside, on my body in any way. But what it's going to do to me, if it was real poison, is kind of destroy me from the inside. It's going to work its way through my body and destroy me on the inside. But no one on the outside would know. And that can be so like words, can't it? They can, they can go into us and, and they don't leave a mark and it doesn't look like it hurts us. But words can so often eat away at us from the inside. Words can be destructive. Um, a great philosopher of our time uh, wrote some very deep and thoughtful musings on what she does with words um, that are unhelpful for her. Words that um, don't, that, that kind of can help to, to sometimes eat away at us. What she does, um, and she put it into a song, and I'm going to need you to concentrate really hard now um, because these are so deep, and especially some of you um, who are a bit younger, um, they're going to be hard to follow. Um, and so she says, and the haters going to hate, 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 hate. Baby, I'm just going to shake, 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 shake. I shake it off. I shake it off. Woohoo hoo Taylor Swift has a theory. She's got an idea. What she does with these words that can so often eat away at us, she just, she just shakes them off. And, and that might be all right for her, but my experience is that doesn't always work. Um, things don't always shake off in that way. And, and, and it, the reality is that sometimes they, they, they really do, just like poison, can eat away at us. And shaking them off, ignoring them, isn't always going to work. What we need um, is to be freed from them. And so they can really eat. If, if you're anything like me, um, you, can go to, you can try going to sleep at night and these words just churn through your head and destroy you from the inside. And they don't disappear. They don't go away and I can't shake them off. Our tongues, our fingers, the words that we say and that we type are powerful, but they're also destructive. Our tongues cause damage disproportionate to the size in our body. James then moves on. Again, he tells us something else about our words. And this one's probably the most, the most scary of, the, of them all. So we've got that they're powerful. We've got that they're destructive. But
But he goes on to tell us that our words are uncontrollable. Our tongue is uncontrollable. Uh, if, you, if you've got a little subheading in your Bible, um, in my Bible, the subheading is taming the tongue. And, and I think that's, that's quite misleading in lots of ways. Because the application I've often heard and talks uh, around this chapter, and even done myself, are, you know, here's three steps to, to help un- tame your tongue. You know, make sure it's true, make sure it's necessary, make sure it's encouraging, make sure, um, you know, it's done in love. All of these things, before you speak, make sure all of those things are true. But, but James tells us that it's not that easy. Because if we, if we think it's all about taming our tongue, we, we miss verses 7 and 8, where it says, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. You know, I've seen sharks jump through hoops. <laughs> like, it's, it's ridiculous. We're able to tame all of these animals. But James goes on to say, but no human being can tame the tongue. No human being can tame the tongue. Our tongue is powerful. It's destructive, but it's also uncontrollable. If we we just try and and work on how we can tame our tongue and, and say the right things, it's a bit like sticking a plaster on it. And no one really wants a plaster on a tongue. It doesn't deal with the root issue. We can't tame our tongues. James goes on to tell us that they are set on fire by hell. Thankfully, that's not the end of James chapter 3, because that would be a pretty bleak picture to leave it on. Uh, Our tongues are powerful, they are destructive, and they are uncontrollable. It's almost like there's there's no hope. It's better just to stay silent. But then James moves on to some more illustrations. He gives us some more things to help us to work through this. And the first one is about fresh water and salt water. And, 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 and then he talks about fig trees and grapevines and olives and, and figs and, and grapes. And, and basically, he's trying to point us towards the source. If you've got a fresh water spring, it's going to create fresh water. If you've got a salt water spring, it's going to create salt water. Wherever, whatever is in the source is going to come out. If you've got a fig tree, guess what? It's going to have figs on it, hopefully. Um, if you've got a grapevine, you're going to grow grapes. He's trying to point us towards the importance of the source of these things. And the same is true with our words. And he's pointing us back to some of Jesus' words, as James often does. In Matthew 12, verse 33, he says, Jesus says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? And this is the really important bit. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. The key bit there is that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our words are just a barometer of what's going on in the inside. The things that we say just express our heart. 
And so the, the real issue is not one of the tongue. It's not do these things and you'll be able to speak better. The real deep issue that James is trying to get at here is that our hearts need fixing. Our hearts are broken. Our hearts need transforming by Jesus. And that's why in verse 13, James goes on to talk about wisdom. And he gives two different types of wisdom, a spiritual wisdom and an unspiritual wisdom. A wisdom from heaven and a wisdom from earth. A wisdom from God and a wisdom from the devil. And James shows us what earthly wisdom looks like. He lists all of these things about earthly wisdom. And he says it's, it's about bitter envy and selfish ambition stored up in our hearts. It's about boasting, denying the truth, unspiritual, of the devil, disorder and delights in evil practice. That's the fruit that comes from the world. And this will come out of our mouths if that's what we're harboring in our hearts as well. And then he goes on to describe spiritual wisdom, wisdom from God. And that is about leading a good life, enjoying good deeds, living in humility, meekness, purity, being peace-loving, considerate, submissive, being full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, sincere, peacemakers, and a harvest of righteousness. That's what our lives look like if we are following spiritual wisdom. We need the source to be good. We need God's wisdom to be filling us. Not the wisdom of the world, not the wisdom of those around us, but God's wisdom. We, more than anything, need God's help. We need God's wisdom in our lives. And this is where I kind of want to come into land a little bit with Acts chapter 2. And I would love, I'm just going to read some of Acts chapter 2 to you. Um, the beginning of Acts, uh, we cast our mind back just a few moments um, to the fire analogy, as James talked about fire and how destructive it can be and how our tongues are set on fire by hell. Well, Acts chapter 2 gives us a different image. Let's read together Acts chapter 2. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. So it came from heaven. So we're talking about spiritual, from above. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Hopefully you see here that, that this is James chapter 3 in reverse. This is tongues on fire, but not on fire from hell, not on fire from the influence of those around them, but tongues on fire from God. They're where the Holy Spirit has descended on his people, come to live in his people, rested on them in tongues of fire, and equipped them to speak in words that they were not able to speak in. Their words are the first thing that get transformed. They receive this tongue of fire to live on them, to be within them, this Holy Spirit, to be part of them now. And then the tongues of fire 
enable them to speak in other tongues. Their words are transformed because their heart is made new by the Holy Spirit. And that's the image I really want to leave with us today, that, that these new tongues of fire need to rest on us. It's not about the tongues in our mouth. We need the Spirit, the tongue of fire, to rest on us, to transform our souls, to transform our hearts, that our words will then be transformed as well. If you want your tongue to be changed, it starts with a different tongue. It starts with a tongue of fire resting on you, transforming your heart, making sure that the source is good, because from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That we would speak with wisdom that came from heaven, a fire that came from heaven and not from below. We need the Holy Spirit to come and transform us. You'd be forgiven halfway through James 3 for thinking it's best if we stayed silent because our words are powerful, destructive, and they are uncontrollable. But that is not what the New Testament teaches overall. What we see is that we are commanded to speak with love, with life, and grace. Once our hearts have been transformed by Jesus, our words are transformed as well. We are filled with his spirit and use our words differently. We speak out the gospel just as Peter did. He went on straight away after receiving the spirit to, to preach the gospel. And 3,000 people were converted, were added to people following Jesus. 3,000 hearts were changed that day because the Holy Spirit rested on Peter and brought great life to those around him because he opened his mouth and spoke, spoke words of life and hope. Our conversations need to be filled with grace and seasoned with the salt of the gospel. And this happens when the tongue of fire rests on us, when the Holy Spirit comes and lives within our hearts, changes the source so it is fresh water, so it is good. And then our hearts from that place, our mouth speaks and our fingers type and our words are transformed. It's easy to think that this passage is all about our tongue, but really it's all about our hearts being changed so that our words are transformed as well. God has redeemed our words by changing our hearts. He makes them good and harnesses the power that is within our words for his good and for his kingdom. So it's right that we pray, and I'd encourage you as we um, pray, we're just going to wait for the Spirit. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and transform us. And so maybe you want to put your hand on your heart and just say, God, come into my heart. Set a new fire in my heart. And transform my heart and my words with it, that I may speak for you. And so Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come now and fill our hearts. More than anything, Lord, we need your transformation. We need you. Come, Holy Spirit.
And there might be some of you who are sat here uh, today who there are, you just are really aware that there's words stirring up in you and it's just like poison and it's eating away at you. And I want to pray for freedom for you, that God will fill you with his grace, that you would know God's antidote of grace and love. And just as David read words of truth over us at the beginning, I want to declare those truths over you. Lord, may each of us who we're struggling with these words that are eating away at us like poison, that are destroying us from the inside. Lord, I pray now that you would bring freedom. You'd replace those words with your truth, your love and your grace for each one of us. Holy Spirit, we need you. And so we pray, come, just as you did at Pentecost. And I'm trusting that in your living rooms, wherever you're watching this, there are tongues of fire resting on each of your heads. That your hearts and lives may be transformed. And so we're going to worship and we're going to pray these words. Just come, Holy Spirit. And so make this song your prayer for the next few minutes as we invite the Spirit of God into our hearts to transform our hearts, our lives, and our words.